0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Basar Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. To uh, be with you again today, Church Online. And uh, we were hoping to gather today, but uh, that'll be next week. So we really look forward um, to that. I've been doing a series on what's the church look like in 2020 and some of the changes that are happening. And uh, Jesus said, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I've been thinking for a while now, God wants us to be the church, not just go to church or do church. And I think all of us are discovering how to love and care and and worship and pray on our own in small groups, and we will regather soon. And I've been doing a series on how do we be the church, and we've been doing a series on the one another scriptures. And last week I finished on Forgive One Another, and I really felt stirred that there's power in forgiveness. And hopefully this week, if that word has spoken to you, or maybe you didn't tune in last week, that there's power in forgiving one another just as Christ has forgiven us. But I was thinking about it as well. One of the hardest people we find to forgive is ourselves. And I feel today that maybe there's been a time or a season in your life where you've really done something silly, unwise, unwise maybe sinful, maybe you've repeated things, you've said, I'm never going to do that again, and you struggle to forgive yourself. Right now, I want to pray that you would receive this amazing gift of grace and forgiveness that Jesus offers for your life, that you have forgiven others, but today, I want to encourage you, you need to receive his forgiveness and forgive yourself. Don't judge yourself and condemn yourself because Jesus doesn't. He sees us through uh, the righteousness of Christ. And I'd like to pray a prayer of blessing right now that maybe you're wrestling with condemnation, shame, thinking, oh, I just can't get over this. I just keep blowing it. I just keep saying those wrong words or losing the temper or just letting fear rule my life. I want to pray right now that God's going to help you to forgive yourself. Father, I pray right now that you would bring release over hearts, that we can receive your forgiveness, and Lord, we can forgive ourselves for the things that we do and say. Holy Spirit, right now I just pray for a breakthrough into hearts and lives. Lift off that condemnation and shame. And Lord, we receive your forgiveness for our own hearts. And I pray for grace and courage and strength to face the future with freedom and hope. Holy Spirit, break that cycle over our lives and so that we can live in your freedom. I p- p- declare that now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Wow, so we uh, just want to wrap up this one another series today. And Last uh, week we went through so many of the greeting one another, sharing with one another, carrying one another's burdens, accepting one another, the power of agreement, instructing one another, and forgiving. Today there's just a few more I want to uh, share to wrap up. Hospitality. Wow, some of us have really learned how to cook again. We've uh, learned to uh, be hospitable, inviting people over, uh, connecting with people. 1 Peter 4.9 says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Wow, usually when you're hospitable, why would you be you, grumbling? You want to do it with love and care and generosity. Sometimes we want it just to be perfect, and if it doesn't work out perfect, we grumble or complain up to ourselves or we feel like we didn't do it well or other people have let us down. It says offer hospitality one another without grumbling. What's hospitality? It's food, it's kindness, it's done with sensitivity. It's done considering others above yourself. It's sharing what you have, not what you don't have. And some of them think, well if I just had more food then I'd do more hospitality. Just share what you have because it's the connection. And many of you excel in that. It's not one of my greatest gifts, but by God's grace, I'm getting better at it. And Mary Lynn excels in hospitality, and she's been training me. It's taken 40 years, but I'm getting better at hospitality. Just that awareness, sharing, and uh, sharing a cold drink or a hot drink or food or sharing your time together. Romans 12:13 says, Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Some of us need a lot of practice. Some of it just comes very naturally. So let's be hospitable to one another. Acts 2.44 says, The early church, all the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Some of them had extra uh, land or assets, so they sold some so that they could... uh, show hospital, they didn't go and sell all their own homes because then they'd have nowhere to live. But they shared excess things so that they could really care for one another. So I want to encourage you that let's strengthen hospitality, that awareness. If it is your gift, flourish in it. If it's not your major gift, you can all grow and be better at it. Next one is submission to one another. This is a word we don't like to read in the Scripture, but it is there, Ephesians 5.21, it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wow, submit means to not think about yourself, but to be thinking of others, to honor them, to uh, respect and value other people. And so you don't always have to be right. You don't always have to be the one that has the last say. Submission is a mutual agreement of love and care. And at times this brings great destruction in marriages, in families, in groups, where we don't surrender to one another in a wholesome way with healthy boundaries. In the Passion, it says, And out of your reverence for Christ, be supportive of each other in love. And I want to encourage you, the church, to be the church, is our relationships Loving one another as Christ loved us and in submission to one another. And sadly, that word has been misused. It's been damaged. And God wants us to submit to one another, not just wives submit to your husbands or people submit to your bosses. It's a surrender. It's a sharing. It's a good boundaries. It's considering others being supportive to one another. Two more one another's humility there's another quality that i see in so many people and then when someone doesn't have humility you see pride and arrogance and i'm better than anyone else this is what the word of god says 1 peter 5 5 says all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because god opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble i like this picture It says, clothe yourself with humility. When you get up in the morning, your clothes don't jump off your coat hanger or out of your cupboard and just jump onto your body. You've got to actually choose what you're going to wear and then you've actually got to put it on and hopefully it all matches. And uh, being a bloke, sometimes mine does, sometimes it doesn't. But it says to clothe yourself. It's a deliberate act of choosing to put on your clothing. And so the Bible here says, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. In other words, it's a choice you do every day where you place on humility. This is not groveling or thinking you're not better than anyone else. It's where you humble yourself. Because you, so it, it says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Wow, I want God to be my friend, not opposing me. But he says he will oppose the proud. Some of us in our lives, before we've met Christ, Maybe we're proud and arrogant or thought we had it all together. But with God's grace, we humble ourselves and we realize that He wants to be our friend, not our enemy. 1 Peter 5.5 5 in the Passion says, In the same way, the younger men should willingly support the leadership of the elders. In every relationship, each of you must wrap around yourself the apron of a humble servant. Because God resists you when you are proud but multiplies grace and favour when you are humble. Wow, what a beautiful picture that is. And for some of us, if we've been struggling with areas of life, sometimes it's coming to a place of surrender. That's why it says to bow the knee to Jesus, (coughs) to surrender your heart. I know times when we're worshipping and there might be a song where you bow your knee to Jesus and as something happens in your heart, there's a surrender, there's an acknowledgement that he is Lord of our lives, and it brings a freedom into our hearts. The last one another I want to look at today is fellowship. Fellowship. That's connecting. It's walking together, sharing the journey. 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. Fellowship connection that 's one of the things we 've been missing greatly without having public worship services and uh, we see someone from the church down the shops and and we just want to connect or we're doing the the zoom times and it's almost like you want to jump out of the screen and hug someone and and connect and the days will come where we we can do all of those hugs and greetings and sharing but fellowship is sharing the journey doing this together when you become a Christian you belong to the family of God and Some people are introverts and don't need as much people interaction, but we all need fellowship. Some are extroverts and they just love hanging out with people all the time. It's not about personality. It's about a heart sharing the journey of heart-to-heart relationships with one another. Acts 2.44 says, All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. In the early church, they discovered the power of, of connection, the power of intentionally loving, encouraging, supporting one another and that verse we read just a moment ago in 1 John one it says, "If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another When we have shadows or secrets or things that we're hiding from God or from one another, it starts to damage your openness of fellowship there's something beautiful about open-hearted honest, sincere our relationships, and where you know that people aren't hiding things from you. There's just an openness of heart. And the Apostle Paul says, be open-hearted, open your hearts to me, to one another. And I believe God's teaching us as the body of Christ to open our hearts to one another. Sure, trust is something that's built, but there's an honesty and openness of heart, which I believe God's wanting us to grow in, even during this time, where we value intentionally relationships and one another. Romans 13.8 says, Don't owe anything to anyone except your outstanding debt to continually love one another. For the one who learns to love has fulfilled every requirement of the law. God wants us to, the only debt we should have is to love one another Where that love, not just feelings, but it's coming out of our heart of compassion and actions. One more verse in this area of fellowship is Romans 14, one says, offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. This is a very powerful scripture. Sometimes we have opinions about what sort of food we have or what we like to drink or clothing styles and types of cars or uh, the best mobile phone and so many things we have computers uh, opinions about that's great but it says don't get into disputes over personal opinions make sure that you open-handedly and open-heartedly welcome every believer let's not let trivial things personal preferences cause division amongst people and and unnecessary reactions god wants us to have open hearts open fellowship It's okay to disagree on a color code. It's okay to uh, have ideas and preferences. God's designed us that way, uniquely. But don't let that be a stumbling block in your relationships and fellowship. And Apostle Paul clearly says fellowship is so important. So let's have fellowship with one another. We look forward to the days where we can do that much more openly and freely. Just as we start to wrap up this message today, there's a couple more scriptures I want to look at just to... Uh, speak to our hearts today because God's building His church. Romans 5, 1-5 says, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us. There's a series of key words in this passage which is really uh, awesome. It talks about faith, our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. The grace is the the favour of God. Wow, grace is probably a not fully understood aspect of our Christian life, the unmerited favor of God, that God would come and love us even while we were sinners. And I want you to never lose sight of the incredible, amazing grace of God. We sing that song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. Every time I hear it or sing it, it stirs my heart. The grace for salvation and the grace to stand every day. So it's not just Uh, forgiving grace it is grace in God to stand then it says because we stand in that we we boast in the hope so we have faith grace and hope and then verse 3 it gets a bit challenging sounds like the season we've been through it says because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance produces character and character leads us back to hope Wow. So when we're going through a tough time, when there is uh, challenges, suffering, whether it's physical, emotional, loneliness, uh, financial pressures, whether it's disappointment because we can't do things we'd love to do in, in sports or travel. Some of you have had to miss out on that trip or that travel, that family get-together. And sometimes it's deep issues that suffering but if we trust God with our lives and we're walking in faith grace and hope suffering produces perseverance it gets us stronger some of you think suffering I'm just going to give up this is too hard but I've watched people when they've got faith in God and know his grace and hope that suffering actually produces a strength of character of perseverance and perseverance produces character integrity strength courage not giving up That strength of God in our lives. And I believe that some people in this challenging season in our nation have learned to have some perseverance and it's built some character and integrity in our lives where we've had to learn to stand on our own values and what God says and the word of God says not just what social media says or other people's opinions or what the news says God says I want you to have some character some integrity to to believe what you believe and know why you believe it and not be swayed or tossed to and fro but to grow in maturity and I believe God's calling us to grow in character and that comes out of perseverance and even some suffering or loss that we've faced loss of freedoms and uh, some in other parts of the country right now are facing great challenges and and, and lockdown situations, so they're suffering loss of freedoms that they would normally um, appreciate so God wants to know, to help you to know that suffering produces perseverance. It doesn't have to give you to quit quit, quit or give up. Perseverance will grow character. So don't think, oh, this is so hard and complain and whinge and be murmuring. We know what happened to the children of Israel when they murmured. None of them made it to the promised land except Joshua and Caleb. So when, when we're going through suffering or difficulty, when we've got to persevere saying, God, I've prayed and believed, but it hasn't come yet persevere and trust in God. It's building strength of character in your heart and your life and then that character leads us back to a greater hope and we live in a place of freedom. And it says this hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. In uh, the Passion this passage says, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us And he now declares us flawless in his eyes. Wow. Wow. How do you see yourself? It said God sees us through Jesus as flawless when we've asked him and trusted him with our life. That is a huge, huge place with a robe of righteousness. And some of us need to meditate on that truth. God sees us flawless through Jesus. Wow. And yet we so often look at our weaknesses and our failings and and our things that we uh, disappoint God and others. So it says he ceases his flaws. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God. All because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness or grace that has given us a perfect relationship with God. Wow, that is so beautiful. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. What a beautiful picture this is. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy, because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts, Through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Wow, sometimes we feel unloved or unappreciated or rejected. This scripture says, and this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Sometimes we've had goals and and belief for things, and it just ends up becoming a disappointing fantasy. But that's not what God promises. He says, hey, I've given you eternal life, I've given you hope, I'm teaching you how to live in a place of freedom. And it says, we now experience the endless love of God. Doesn't stop. Doesn't stop just because our behavior isn't uh, what we think it should be or our thoughts, our attitudes aren't perfect. And it says, this love of God cascades into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Oh, I want to leave that scripture with you today. It is so powerful that his love will cascade in your hearts. I want to just uh, read a brief prophecy given by Dr. Michael Maiden just recently. And this word just really grabbed my heart. He says, During prayer, he saw a very long, unlit, and oppressive hallway. Suddenly, a bright light came on and exposed four different doors. Each door was larger than the previous one. Suddenly, each door flung wide open, beginning with the smallest and ending with the largest. He then heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm exposing sinful, demonic strongholds that have been hidden behind these doors for generations. Everything that's been hidden is about to be revealed. Tell my people I am answering their desperate cry for revival and reformation on the earth. Tell them this season of great shaking is the birthing ground for the great awakening, I've promised them. Sudden change is soon coming to the areas where strongholds will be revealed and will topple. The church must not be, let Goliath's rage and roar cause them to retreat in fear, but my people must boldly advance in faith, knowing the battle is the Lord's. The first fruits of this great harvest are already beginning to uh, be reaped. I've been purifying my children's hearts, bringing them into a great unity and holiness, preparing them to move into greater dimensions of my kingdom and power. The pressure my people are experiencing is the labour pains of what they are about to give birth to. The enemy cannot steal or stop what I've promised or prepared for this generation. I'm sending a rain of hope into the dry and thirsty ground of my chosen and beloved children's hearts. Lift up your eyes and see my glory as it is revealed in all the earth." Wow, I declare that word over our church and over our city. I declare that word over our nation, across the nations of the earth, that this great shaking will be the beginning of the great awakening of God's spirit and power. I pray that over your life today as you watch this, I pray that over your family, hey let's not be pressured and let the pressure push us down, but let us motivate us forward to see by faith the outworking of His promise. There's an open heaven over our city of Harvey Bay. There's an open heaven over our church and the church of this city and I believe that we can live with that open heaven. Don't just look down but look up, lift up your heads and see his name glorified. Let our hearts be full of his love cascading and overflowing our hearts so that we've got plenty to give and share with everyone around us. I want to encourage you that our God is awesome. Romans 15 4 says now God the inspiration and fountain of hope fill you to overflowing with Uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him, and may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. That was Romans fifteen thirteen, not verse four. I want to encourage you that God's the God of hope. He's the God of inspiration. He's the fountain of all hope for us. It will overflow to your heart, and you will radiate with His hope. I want to say the person with the most hope has the most influence. I want to encourage you, lift up your heads, no matter whether you're bowed down. If you're overflowing with hope, let it flow. Let's share it. Let's give it away. Hope in Jesus. Not just hope in your ideas or opinions, but in the truth of Jesus Christ. The power of the gospel to set people free. Maybe you're watching this today and you don't know this amazing Jesus. Or you've once walked with him, but things have happened in your life. You've made poor choices. Things have overwhelmed you. You become a victim instead of a victor. But today, I want to pray with you right now and encourage you to reach up your hands and your heart to heaven and cry out to God and say, God, forgive me, save me, transform me. Maybe you want to do it on behalf of other people. God's saying, anyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. That call is a cry from your heart. It's a faithful cry saying, God, hear my prayer. And I believe God's stirring us as his believers to cry out to him with faith, with love, with, from the depths of your spirit today. Let's cry out to God for his breakthroughs, for his kingdom to be revealed, for his salvation and healing over our community and over our families and over our, our neighborhoods. I believe that God's taking us on a journey of breakthrough and blessing. And as we do it individually, as we do it together in one another, we will see his kingdom revealed. I'd like to pray for you today. If you need to connect or reconnect with Jesus or there's a cry within your heart, I want you to to reach out and to pray it out as I pray with you today to invite God's presence and power. Maybe hope has drained out of your fingers or your hands or you've been seeing yourself as a failure instead of someone who's on the journey of restoration and wholeness. I'm believing today for addictions to break on people's hearts and lives, for freedom to flow over people's souls, for those strongholds to come down of fear and depression, of pornography, of gambling, that those strongholds will come down off your life and you will have hope and peace in your heart so you realize you don't need to have those things as substitutes. Let's believe together right now. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your amazing love. It cascades over our hearts. I thank you for the gift of hope and forgiveness in our lives. Lord, I pray for each one right now that would be responding to you in prayer, maybe feeling really down, but right now there's a spark of hope coming as they reach up their heart and their hand to you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to lift up our eyes and see you and your kingdom purposes. Lord, that we can love one another. Lord, that we can walk out of that place of shame and disappointment. And we can walk into a place of freedom and love and hope. And our hearts and our hands are full of gifts of love and peace and care and hospitality that we can share with others. I pray your blessing over each one in our church and in our community. Those that are watching today, Lord, bless them. May they be overwhelmed with your love and your hope and your joy will fill their hearts. We pray that now in the name of Jesus.